be seated. Thank you, Lord. It's a good day. You know, we should be excited when we get up on Sunday morning and it's church time. Thank you, Lord. You know, there's a lot of people that don't get to go to church. There's a lot of people that don't know about church. And sure, man, it's good to come together in the name of Jesus and, and be a part of a family uh, a church, no matter whether it's just this church or any church. Go to church. Be a part of the place where God's put you and do something. But our excitement shouldn't get less, right, as, as we move on. I'm going right into the message right here. You just didn't even know it, did you? You know, our excitement for the things of God should get greater yeah. as, as we grow in Christ. It shouldn't, sh- we should never be shrinking back. We should never become uh, flippant about the things of God. Because, you know, I was driving down the road, and I, God reminded me of this just this morning, and there's a sign on uh, 160 as you go, and all it says is God loves you. Right? It's at this old, it's at where the orchard used to be. And it just says, God loves you. And you drive by that sign, and it says, God loves you. And you know, it brings a little joy to your heart when you see it, because somebody put a sign up that says, God loves you. But you know, it should excite us to see a sign that says, God loves you. Not because it's a sign, because it's truth. Amen? It is truth that God loves us, and it should remind us of that love. It should remind us of what he did for us, of what he's doing for us, of what he's done for us. It should remind us of his goodness in our life. It should remind us of our salvation. It should remind us of just what we talked about the last Friday I spoke. Our name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Glory to God. We're on our way to heaven, and we're going a good direction to get there. Amen? You ever went somewhere, and on the way there, you got everything you saw was a pretty sight, and then when you got there, it was even greater? That's, that's the way heaven is, only we can't even imagine. We can't even, but we're seeing the sights now if we won't miss them. If we won't miss them. We were driving somewhere uh, Friday night. We had to go do something. We were driving somewhere, and we, I passed the road we were supposed to turn on, and I said, I don't remember seeing any of this. Why? Because I hadn't seen it before. But then I went back the way I was at, and I thought, I didn't remember seeing that either. Well, I went right past it. Why didn't I remember seeing it? Because I didn't take the time to look at it. My eyes were right there, but I didn't take the time to look at it. I didn't take the time to let it become something to me. And so many times with the Word of God and the things of God, we, we allow ourselves to, to, be, to shrink back and, and, and have them, but not have them with the joy that we should. That every time we think about our salvation, we should get excited. On the worst of our worst days... We should be able to pass by a sign that says God loves you and immediately turn. You you were in a bad mood. Things weren't going right. Wait a second. God loves me. He saved me. He healed me. He prospers me. He gives me joy. He gives me peace. He's my God. He's for me, not against me. These are the things that should be exciting to us. We should never, ever lowly esteem the things of God. Look at uh, look at Genesis 25, verse 30. And before you go there, put up on the board, on the screen, uh, 1 Samuel 
1 Samuel 2.30, which is also up here. 1 Samuel 2.30. Put that up on the screen. Did I say it right? 1 Samuel 2.30. Yeah. And we'll just read the end of the verse because that's where we're at. It says, Be it far from me, for them that honor me, I will honor. Them that honor me, I will honor. People that honor God, people that esteem the things of God, they're honored. They're honored because they esteem the things of God. They're, when you see the sign that says God loves me, then you need to look at that sign and you need to say, God loves me. God loves me. It needs to change your day. It needs to change the way you're thinking at the moment. It needs, it needs to be a part of every fiber of your being. Look at Genesis 25. It says in verse 30, now you guys know the story. Esau, he'd been out hunting, right? He'd been doing a lot of things, and he was hungry. And Esau said to Jacob, feed me, feed me, I pray thee, with some of the pottage, for I am faint. Therefore his name was called Edom. And Jacob said, sell me this day your birthright. Now your birthright back then was everything. It was everything. Right there, Esau should have said, what? My birthright? Sell you my birthright? Give you the most valuable thing in my life? No way. It should have immediately reminded him of who God let him be. It shouldn't have taken him away from God. It should have brought him closer to God. But his flesh was stronger. On that day you pass by that sign that says God loves me, is your flesh going to be stronger than the word on the sign? Amen? The word on the sign said God loves me. Your day is going bad. Which one, which one, which one are you going to look at? Amen? Because immediately that's going to decide your value at that moment of your salvation. Your, the value of your salvation will be decided by your reaction, the next response you have to the Word of God. Our, our lives are, dis, are decided by our responses to God's Word. Amen? Our responses should be excitement. You guys still with me? That's honor. That is honor. When you are excited about the things of God, about the honor of God, when you're excited about what's going on, then, then, then you are honoring the gift. Jacob was dishonoring the gift. He was despising the birthright. You know, people say, well, he didn't say, I don't love my birthright. Yeah, he did. He gave away his birthright before Jacob asked him for it. Because of his low esteem for it, it was already going to be lost. Because those things, you know, Brother Moore says, those things you're not thankful for, you're in danger of losing. He wasn't thankful for this, for the birthright. And he was in danger at that moment of losing it. 
In fact, is he was losing it. And Esau said, behold, I'm, a, I'm at the point of death. I'm about to die. And then the, then the words came out of his mouth. Here, here's his value of the birthright. What profit? What profit? His value of the birthright just came out. What profit is a birthright to me? There was no profit to him because he, just, he had already given it away in his heart. In his heart, he had given away the very thing that God, that God had put in his life. And when we, and I'm, I'm not saying you're throwing away your birthright, but let's value the birthright. Our birthright is that our name's written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Our birthright is that God loves us. God does love you. He gave his only begotten son for you. He gave the highest price ever for you. That determined his value to you, his, his, your value to him. Now, what determines his value to you? Amen? What determines his value to you is your reaction because of those things. Amen? The, uh, Esau's reaction was a poor reaction. It was, it was a, it was, this, is, this has no value to me because look where I'm at. You guys with me? And, and, and people say, well, I'd never do that. We do it a lot. You know, we, we do it by becoming flippant about the things of God. We do it on Monday morning when we forget our names written down in the Lamb's Book of Life because we had six people call and yell at us, and the seventh wasn't nice either. Right? And when we do that, we, we lose value for what God's doing in our life. And our, our love for him is based on our value of what he's done for us, our love for him. Look at, uh, I'm already going different directions. So. Thank you, Lord. Look at um, Luke, Luke 7. Luke 7, verse 40, 41 is where we'll start. Everybody knows the story. The lady comes in to Simon's house and starts anointing Jesus. And they say, well, he knew, he knew who that was or what she was. And uh, Jesus says, hold on a second. Let me tell you a parable. Verse 41, he says, there was a certain creditor which had two debtors one owed 500 pence, the other owed 50 pence. When, ne when, when they had nothing to pay, neither one of them, the one that need, needed 500 didn't have 500. The one that needed 50 didn't have 50. So they both had zero. It's quiet in here today. We should be getting excited. We're, get, we're, we're learning about the Word of God. We should be getting excited. This is your buildup for the week. Right? You, you start, you, you got excited all week, and then you came to church on Sunday, you got more excited, and you left here excited. Amen? He frankly forgave them both. Tell me, therefore, which of them will love him most? Simon answered and said, I suppose that he to whom, who, whom he forgave most I suppose, and it's Simon, he's kind of hedging himself, I suppose to him that he forgave most, 
And he said, and Jesus said, you have rightly judged. Amen? He wasn't saying you knew what the answer was. He said, you rightly judged. Because how much, who was forgiven most? Who, you know, people say, well, the person that gave $500. If you have zero, then the person that gave 50 was forgiven the same amount. But if your value system's right, you say, man, he forgave me. $500. He, he forgave me a huge debt. Why? Because our value system is right. We realize how much it took for our forgiveness. And, and when you realize how much it took for you to be saved, for you to be born again, for your name to stay written in the Lamb's book of life, when you realize the price paid for that, then you gain the value for it. You know, we, we've taken this, and we've talked about it before, and Mrs. Moore talked about it last week, she, the, the, the level we put on sin. You know, we'll put, well, you know, Paul might have had trouble getting past our levels of sin, right? Because Paul was a murderer. He was, a, he was not a nice person. You know, but Mrs. Moore put it pretty plain. You know, somebody that uh, speaks falsehood, against their neighbor and somebody that commits adultery, they're listed in the same verse by Jesus. Amen? So there is no level of sin. You you know, people say, well, I went to church all my life and, and I got saved. And then you got another person that says, man, I lived horrible and God saved me. And both of them required the same amount of salvation, the same amount of of God's love, the same amount of forgiveness, and, and the same amount of salvation came to both lives. And when we decide in our hearts that something should or shouldn't happen by the level of sin that they overcame then or the level of goodness they achieved, then we take mercy and grace out of the picture. Right? We immediately... We immediately get into works this lady wasn't working for forgiveness she was honoring forgiveness amen to honor that forgiveness was huge um, she did something that these other guys would not do and did not do and, 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 and Jesus called him on it he said and he turned to the woman he said Simon see the woman I entered your house. You didn't even give me any water for my feet. But she's washed my feet with her tears and, and wiped them with the hairs of her head. Thou, thou gavest me no kiss, but this woman, since the, time I've, since the time I came in, hath not ceased to kiss my feet. My head with oil, thou didst not anoint, but this woman has anointed my feet with ointment. Wherefore I say unto you, her sins, which, which are many, are forgiven, for she loved much. To whom little is forgiven, the same loveth little. When we devalue, God loves me. When we can just drive by the sign and say, that's nice. That's nice. It's better than nice. It's everything. His love for us is what put us where we're at today, on a road to heaven, on a path to victory, 
on, on, we're, we're called righteous instead of unrighteous. We have healing in our bodies. We have, we have wholeness and completeness and peace in God. We have things that without this we would not have. Without God loves you, we would not have these things. The statement itself is a small statement, but when we don't, when we we lose our passion for the things of God, when we lose, when we we're not passionate about the things we know. The things we know, we should never lose our passion for. We know the Word. We know it says, "By whose stripes you are healed." We know it says our names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life. We know that he's given us his peace. We know the things we know we should be passionate about. We should never sidestep them. We should never back away from them. They should be, they should be, in a, they should be a remembrance to us. And every time we remember them, we say, man, thank you, Lord. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for making me free. Thank you, Lord. For your goodness in my life. Thank you, Lord, for your healing mercy from the top of my head to the soles of my feet, that every part in my body is working right because of the things you do in me. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We want to remember those things. You know, Paul wasn't just, you know, we look at Paul and, and we see how passionate and intense he was for the word. He didn't live a moment after he was saved for anything else. And let, let's just go there. 1 Timothy 1. 1 Timothy 1. Verse 12. Verse 12, Paul wrote, or yeah, he wrote to Timothy, said, And I thank Christ Jesus our Lord, who enabled me for that he counted me faithful, putting me in the ministry. Paul, every day of his life, his testimony was the most important thing to him. His testimony, he went over and over the world telling people that he was on a wrong path. He was going to the road down the road to Damascus, and God knocked him off his donkey, and, and God showed him what he was going to be and what he was going to do, and he received that salvation. And when he received that, he never stepped back. Now, remember, Paul was passionate before that. He was passionate for the things of what he thought was God before he was saved. So he was doing what he thought was right. And even here he says, he says, he says putting me in the ministry... Who did he put in the ministry? Who was before a blasphemer, a persecutor, and injurious. But I obtained mercy. Glory to God. You know, there are things we do ignorantly, and there are things we do stupidly. Ignorant, you didn't know. Stupid, you knew and did it anyway. Right? I've done both. Paul said he received mercy because he did it ignorantly in unbelief. But Paul knew what he received. And he never, that's why he was so passionate. He knew every day what God had done for him. He knew the value 
of the salvation he received. And he went around the world. Anybody who would listen to him, he would tell this story. And that's the way we should be. When we're prompted by a sign, by a thought, when you're having a bad day, that's an opportunity to tell somebody about Jesus. Amen? Why? Because that's the devil trying to get you to back off of what you know is true. That's why when Paul was in jail, it didn't change his demeanor. When he was in prison, he was still singing and praising God. Nothing that, nothing that happened to Paul changed Paul's passion for Christ. Amen? Because he knew what it took to save him. You know, I, I, and I've told this story before, but I got a friend, and I, actually we, we were out with him yesterday just a bit, but somebody I started in ministry with when I was really started, just starting out. And when the first time I met him, there was something different about him than was in me. And, and, and I was on my way there, but I wasn't there yet. But when I hugged him and I stepped back and I left him, I said, Lord, what is it about him? And he said, he knows how much it took to save him. Because he, he lived a really rough life. And he, he did some things. And God said he knew the value of his salvation. And I, and I thought, that's what I want to live every day of my life. Amen? Because we want to know the value of our salvation. We, not, we don't only want to know it. We want to be rejoicing in it every day. We want to be found in it. That needs to be our fixed position. Joy of salvation. That's our fixed position. And Paul said, I obtained mercy. He said, the grace of the Lord was exceeding abundant with faith and love, which is in Christ Jesus. And then he goes on. He says, this is a faithful saying, worthy of all acceptation. Acceptation. Yeah, just like that. That Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. See, Paul never lost sight of what he was before he was saved. He said, he came into the world to save sinners of who I am chief. And he's not necessarily saying I'm chief sinner. He said, I'm, I'm as big as they get. But I'm also as chief as they get for him to save. I'm, I am a candidate. I was a perfect candidate to be saved. Glory to God. Every person in here was a perfect candidate to be saved. Why? Because you were all sinners just like me. Right? Before you knew Jesus, you were a sinner. After you knew Jesus, you weren't. Amen? He said, I were. You know, who, who am I chief? The chief of what? I'm chief of all those that are a candidate to be saved. Amen? And in fact, is if you go on, go on to verse 16, he said, how be it for this cause? I obtained mercy. Why? Because he was chief. To, he, he was a candidate to receive it. That's what he's saying. I was a candidate. I was first in line to, to receive this mercy. That, it, that, that in me first, and that word first right there, is the same word in the Greek as chief. Same word. That in me first, Jesus Christ might show forth all patience, all longsuffering, for a pattern to them. Paul said, I am a pattern to every person who will ever, ever believe, right? Every, to, to them which should hereafter believe on him to life everlasting. He became a pattern. How do you become a pattern? You get saved. How do you be a pattern? You show that salvation to every person that will listen. 
Amen? You show the goodness of God in your life. You allow God to do things in your life that, that, that not only change you, but change other people. Things, things that take you from flesh to spirit. Things that put you in a place where you bring life to every situation. When, when somebody calls you and their day's not going well, you don't look back and say, oh, yeah, you know, I've had days like that. Man, when you get a day like that, Doug, you, you just need to go home and go back to bed. <laughs> right? Because there's not much more you can do. Or you can remind them of their salvation because you're remembering yours. Amen? And you say, wait a second, did you forget? Your name's written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Did you forget? He causes you to triumph in all things. Did you forget? He, he's on your side. You've got somebody on your side that other people don't even have. You've got God Almighty on your side. And when you have this on your side, amen, you're not going down, you're coming up. And the things that should remind us of that are not, are, you know, we, they, it should be the minute something that happens contrary to it. The minute something contrary to the word happens in your life, grab hold of the word. Yeah. Right? Grab hold of what God told you, what God's given you, what God's made you, and, and, and begin to speak it and, and, and bring that joy back. Bring that joy back. Begin to praise him. Begin to exalt him. And begin to lower the problem. Because as you exalt him, the problem becomes small. Why? Because nothing's bigger than God. Nothing's greater than your salvation. Amen? The greatness of our salvation is borne out through our lives. It's their choices we're now going to make. You either remember what it took. You remember what Peter wrote, and we'll go back to these verses later, but he said, when you don't add certain things to your life, he said, you've become dim-sided and forgotten how your sins were purged. What's he saying? You've lost the value of your salvation. Amen? And see, these guys that were with this lady, they didn't need much forgiveness. So their value on forgiveness was almost none. Why? Because they didn't need much. Little did they know, they needed the same amount. Amen? Why? Because their value uh, is just like the one that was forgiven 500, the one that was forgiven 50. The one that was forgiven 50 was get forgiven 100%. He should have been just as thankful as the one that was given five, forgiven 500. Why? Because they were forgiven their whole debt. And that's what Jesus said. He said, I come and I forgive whole debts. I pardon I don't, I, don't just, I don't just forgive. I pardon. I take those sins and I put them in a place where like they never happened. Yeah. They're not on your record anymore. They are expunged, if you will. That was like a professor-ish word, wasn't it? Yeah. Whew. <laughs> I felt professor-ish right there just for a minute. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Paul said, it's a faithful saying. Jesus came into this world to save sinners. You and I are the only, you're the, the, what made you a candidate for salvation is that you were a sinner, right? Not your good works, not that you came to church and sat on the front row, <laughs> no, 
Th- those aren't what made, what made us a candidate for salvation is that one time we were afar off from God and Jesus came to bring us in. Amen? And, and, and if you're in here today and you don't know Jesus, you're a candidate to know him. Amen? If you're watching online in Sarasota, you're a candidate to know Jesus Christ today. In, in fact, is just by watching or being in here, you're in danger of losing your sinner status. Amen? Because we're going to tell you how good he is. Because the goodness of God leads men to repentance. We're going to tell you how he heals, how he makes free, how, how he wants good in your life, how he'll take you from, bad, from, the, from darkness and, and bring you into the light, how, how good our God is. Amen? Why? Because we're excited about our salvation. Thank you, Lord. Paul was intense. When, he, when they took him to prison, you know, he could have sat there, here I am in prison. You know, we just have a bad day we do this. Man, I don't even know why I pray. Despise. Went to church this week. I guess that didn't do anything. Low esteem. Right? I've been believing God for this for years, and I still don't have it. Dishonor. Amen? Paul was in prison said, you know what? This is a day. This is a day that the Lord has made. And he starts singing. Paul's in prison. He says, you know what? I'm going to write. I'm going to write the churches. I'm going to write those churches that are praising God. I'm going to remind them how good God is and how to get away from this and go to this. I'm going to write. Glory to God. We get home from work and say, I can't look at the Bible. I can't even see straight. (laughs) We want to honor God. I remember when I came out of darkness and began to see light, how excited I was. Man, when me and Rick, there was never a night where I came home on a Tuesday, Monday, I think we had three to four Bible studies going a week, and there was never a night where I came home and said, oh, Man, Bible study again? No. I was so excited to come home from work all day and go to Bible study. Were you? And you know what happened after Bible study was over? I'd come home and we'd call. I'd call Rick and we'd talk about Bible study for another hour. (laughs) Why? Because God was so big, so good, so amazing, so wonderful. And that's how he should remain every day of our life. This should remain. But there are things that we were doing at that time. We were adding things to our faith. You know, a lot of people, they get their faith, and then they, then they, then they sit. I got faith. Right? I got precious faith. Yes, you do. Precious faith. Peter wrote to people with precious faith. Let's look at that. in my notes somewhere thank you lord he's helping us today second peter one verse one this is who he's writing the letter to
remember Peter was the one <laughs> Brother Moore was just preaching about a few weeks ago that went to prison and he was asleep. He was so at peace. Why? Because, let's see, I'm either going to heaven or I'm going free. <laughs> when you know God, you can't get a bad report. Literally, you cannot get a bad report when you know God. Because no matter what they say, there's a victory for it. We're not looking for, in other words, it doesn't matter what report they give you, there's a victory over it. We already have a report. We're not looking at their report, whether it's bad or good. We have believed the report of the Lord. And we're letting Him reveal His arm to us every day. Reveal it in my life. Show me your power. Show me your strength. Reveal your arm to me through your report. Amen? And, and, and as He does that, we receive. We receive. We receive by our precious faith. Amen? The faith that we obtain. And, and these are the things that we're not going to let go of because when you know God, remember this tomorrow, remember it the next day, no matter what report you get, if you know Jesus Christ is Lord, it's not a bad report. If somebody said, what they say to Peter? Tomorrow you're gone, bro. <laughs> right? You're leaving there. You know his reaction? Okay, thanks. Thank you, Lord. He probably was dreaming about heaven. Right? That's probably why it took so much. I don't want to wake up. I'm almost there. It, they couldn't give him a bad report because no matter what the report was, he had a victory over it. We have victory even over the last enemy, death. Amen? We have victory in everything we do. Nothing the enemy, no weapon formed against us can prosper. Amen? And when we allow things to, to slip in like that, we devalue our salvation. We, we, we dishonor and, and lowly esteem what God's done when we allow that to, to, to tell us who we are and what, how we should act. The, the testimony she just gave, it said, when I start getting the feels, the feels. When you start getting the feels, start getting the word. Amen? When your flesh starts dominating you, it's time to dominate it. Amen? When, 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 you, when, you're, when you're at work and, and you feel your flesh taking over, and, you know, people say, oh, I just couldn't help myself. I got so mad. I just had to say, that, that's not true. That's not true. We could have not said it. I've said a lot of things that I could have not said. Amen? I, I had this bad habit, and I'm not going to say I have it. I had it, of saying the first thing that came off the top of my head when people would ask me a question. And then I watched Brother Moore for a while. And I looked at the Word, and I watched Jesus. He never gave an answer off the top of his head. He gave an answer from the bottom of his heart. Amen? And, and people say, well, your first reaction is usually your right reaction. <laughs> That's not true. <laughs> If your first reaction's in the flesh, it's usually the wrong reaction. And you're getting ready to make a grave mistake. When you, if you start out with worry, you already took the wrong path. Amen? Because you got off your precious faith. But, but what's going to keep you on your precious faith? Glory to God. That there are things that, that Peter said you must have with your faith 
if you're not going to fall. If you're not going to shrink back, if you're not going to fail, there are things you must have. Second uh, Peter 1. Verse 1. It says, Simon Peter, a server, servant and apostle of Jesus Christ. You know, a lot of people say, I wonder why he wrote that. Did he want him to know? He was writing to people he knew. Right? Why? He's honoring the gift. He's a servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ. That's honor. He's, he's starting off with honor. When you wake up in the morning, you say, Son of God. I am a son of the Most High God. When we wake up, our ch- not pride, value. Pride will get you nowhere. Pricelessness will get you everywhere. Your name being written in the Lamb's Book of Life, life, that is priceless. Amen? MasterCard, Visa, whatever the one that has the commercial, nothing they have is priceless. In fact, this is going to cost you a lot. You can't even name the price for our names being written in the Lamb's Book of Life. There is no greater thing than that. Amen? And, and so he's honoring God immediately, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to them that have obtained like precious faith. Glory to God. This, 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 is, this is something that he's, he's saying everyone that's been born again should have this like precious faith. And it's not just that my faith's like it. It's the same faith. God gave Fred the same faith that he gave me. He gave Doug and Randy and Jennifer. He gave Susie the, the same faith. It's like faith, and it's all precious. It all is, it cannot be valued. Amen? And he says, everyone that's obtained this faith through the righteousness, how'd you get the faith? Through Jesus Christ. Verse 2, grace and peace be multiplied to you. How? Through the knowledge. How, How do you get grace and peace? Through the knowledge, through the acknowledging, acknowledging of the Lord Jesus Christ in your life. That's how you get grace and peace. And you want more of it? Acknowledge him more. Don't just know more about him, know him more. You want grace and peace, know him more. You know, a lot of people, they say, yeah, i got to read the Bible, i gotta know, I got to know more about him. No, you need to know him. Knowing about him, there's people that study history that know more about Jesus probably than most people that go to church. But they don't know Jesus at all. Amen? We want to know Jesus. We want to acknowledge salvation. We want to acknowledge what he's done, who he is, who he's made us to be. We want to acknowledge the goodness of God. That, that's why it is so important not to ever get off the goodness of God. No matter what you see happening, God's good. Amen? Back to verse 3. According to his divine power, he's given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that have called us to glory and virtue. God's, God, according to his divine power, gave you this faith. He gave, you obtained this faith from God who get, who, through his divine power. He, he's given you all things. Where did he give them? Through your faith. How would you get grace? But through faith. That's why, you're pre- that's why your faith's precious. That's where the things of God are coming through. That's also where the things of God are going through. So if you obtain it by faith, give it back by faith. Amen? Every, everything that he's getting ready to tell us, verse 4, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises. You know, he, word, he uses the word precious a lot. you got precious faith, precious... What's he saying? They're priceless. They, they're without value. 
And, and, and what he wants the people to realize is that they are. He, he, want, he, he wants people, and that, that's what I'm trying to get out today. The things of God are without that. They, they are priceless. Your salvation, you don't even, we have such a small understanding of what it's done in our life. As we grow in it, we could get so much bigger in Christ because we see what he's done. We see what he's not only done in our bodies and in our hearts, but what he's done around us because of this. The difference we now make because of who he's made us to be. The great and precious promises that he's given us, those are, those are things that we're attaining. And, and why are we attaining? So that we, can be, that we might be partakers of his divine nature. Now, to be a partaker of God's divine nature means we're going to start acting like him. Right? Well, what's God's nature? Love. That's his number one nature, love. So now, when, when, when Monday hits and you got 16 questions, all of a sudden, patience comes up. Why? Because you're participating in God's divine nature. Somebody does you wrong, you have a chance to hold a grudge. No, forgiveness comes up. Why? Because you're participating in God's divine nature. You're now operating in a nature above your own. You're not, you're not operating in, well, look what they did or look what they said. First of all, you don't know why they looked, said it or did it, and you don't have the right to be mad. <laughs> you're born again. You, your name's written in the Lamb's Book of Life. What day do you have the right to be mad? Huh? Why, why would you want to affect somebody's life adversely because they affected yours? Well, look what they did to me. I should do the same thing to them. No. You know, I hear, I hear people say that. Well, I went through it. They should have to go through it too. Why? Go through it for somebody. I thank God for all the things Paul did. I don't want to do them. Right? Got any, got any uh, people wanting to just go to prison for no reason today? Hmm? beaten come on somebody's got to want to get beaten you know if you're going to do it for christ that's one thing but if they've done it for you that's like saying let's go back to the civil war and, and fight it again why it's been done for us let's quit fighting battles that are already won and walk in the victory of the winning amen we're, we're fighting i mean we don't want to fight battles that are already won god won them for us Amen? People say, I'm in the battle. I'm in the battle. You know what? Get, get behind God. Now you're out of the battle. Why? Because he already won it. If you're in the battle, you got yourself out in front of him. You need to put him back in the right place and, and get back in victory. Amen? Whew, I'm losing my place. Thank you, Lord. I don't know what time I started, but we won't, we won't keep you all day, as far as you know. Thank you, Lord. He says that we'd be partakers of his divine nature, having escaped the corruption, the self-destruction, corruption that is in the world through lust. The, in other words, the, the world and the flesh are selfish. When, when, you, when you give in, yield to his divine nature, you give up selfishness. And see, we, we like to have both ways. Right? I do. I don't, any, I don't anymore. I used to. You guys don't, but just listen to how I used to be. I wanted to love people when I want to love them, right, which is also selfishness, by the way. <laughs> Why? Because it had an eye in it. I love you when I love you, right? Or I wanted to walk in a godly manner 
when I felt like walking in a godly manner. But then if somebody made me mad, I wanted the chance for that to let that flesh loose on them. And don't get me wrong, I don't get, I'm really bad at being mad. I don't know that anybody's ever seen me mad. Kim's probably the closest person. I've never really been mad. I just don't do mad. I, I'm glad. It's a grace. Thank you, Lord. I'll take it. But you do other things when you don't do mad. Trust me. <laughs> I'm thankful that I don't do mad, but there's a lot of other things I could have not done. <laughs> Amen. But, but I wanted to do things my way. I want, I want to operate this way during the week, and then at, at, at Sunday, at, on Sunday at church, I want to operate this way. And then if somebody wants, does something to me, I want to decide what happens. Yeah. You don't get to decide. God already decided how we're to react to every situation. He already decided. And he gave you a manual to do it with. Amen? And if, you'll, if we will add to our precious faith, let's look at these verses. It says, besides this, in verse 5 it says, and besides this, giving all diligence. In other words, this has got to be your earnest eagerness. You, it, it, diligence is passion. If you're going to do it and dil- diligently do it, you're going to do it passionately. Paul was diligent. That, that Paul, should, Paul is our example. Jesus is our example. They were diligent in everything they did. So give all diligence. And then, then it says, um, add. Let's, let's look at this in the Young's Literal translation. Y-L-T. Yeah. It says, in this same also, all diligence having brought in besides. In other words, get all the diligence you got. And bring it in. And use every dil- every part of diligence that you have to do this. Because you're going to need it. Why? Because your flesh isn't going to like it. That's, that's why you have to be diligent. Because if you're not diligent, you know, it's kind of like, have you, have you ever been sitting there praying? And all of a sudden you, you, you look up and you're thinking about cupcakes? <laughs> it's because you lost your diligence. <laughs> that's why he said, get your diligence in there. Because you're going to need that. To make this work. And then he said, having brought all this in, besides, diligence having brought in besides super ad, not just ad, super ad. Young, young's literal, he knew what he, he went back and broke this down as to what the Greek and the Hebrew were saying. He said, super ad to your precious faith. He's still talking about the same faith. The same faith that he talked about obtaining in verse 1, he's now talking about adding to in verse 5. And he says, super ad to your precious faith the worthiness or the virtue. Super add virtue in, into your faith. Well, I was, had Kim yesterday trying to look those, those uh, things that where you have one box and there's a bunch of little boxes inside of them. And we couldn't find one because I needed enough to go through this whole thing. But, but see, that's the difference. A lot of people are chaining these together and it's not saying to chain them together. It's saying make, make a cookie. Right? In other words, you're making a recipe right here. You're taking your faith and you're adding worthiness in it. Yeah? And then you're taking your worthiness and, and you're adding knowledge in it. Right? You're, you're, not, you're, not, you're not just adding, and, and you're, so when you add knowledge, you're adding knowledge to worthiness and faith. You're not just adding knowledge to worthiness, you're adding knowledge to virtue and faith. So everything you add here, you're adding to your faith, but you're adding it through a channel. And, and, and trust that the Holy Spirit knew which channel it needed to go through. Uh, worthiness, virtue, means holiness. means holiness, if you will. It means uh, 
valor, courage. So through your courage, through your valor, through your honor, begin to add things to your faith. So add honor so that everything can come through your faith in honor. Amen? So, so now you, you, you've added honor, now you add knowledge. And this, is, this isn't just knowledge, it's the acknowledging of God. It's the acknowledging, the awareness, the perception, the, the unquestioning resolve for who he is and what he's done, for what he's made you to be. Unquestioning resolve. That's what faith needs. It needs an unquestioning resolve. God said this, this is true in my life, I have it. Because guess what? Satan wants you to question the very salvation that's, that, that, that Jesus bought for you, right? Without an unquestioning resolve, you'll question it. Yeah. Wow, maybe that's right. You know, I've seen a lot of people that say they're in faith. and you, Your mind cannot think you out of the greatest gifts God ever had. People, people have, there's the whole denominations that are made up of believing against what Jesus bought and paid for us to have. Whole denomination. How do they get there? Deception. Without an unquestioning, an, an unquestioning resolve, you'll, you'll, you, you and I are easily duped. I mean, how many people do we know that have been here? Man, they said, we know this is it. We are here. Thank you, Lord. This is where we're supposed to be. We're, we're not going anywhere. And, and two, three weeks later, it doesn't go the way they wanted. The Moors don't put them on the team they thought they should be on. They don't treat them with the respect they should have been treated or whatever, and they're gone. Why? Because it's too easy to, it's too easy to question. They didn't have an unquestioning resolve. This is what God told me to do. Because just because God told you to do it doesn't mean there's not going to be a fire. He said you'll walk through the fire and not be burned. You'll go through the flood and it won't overtake you. It still says you're walking through it and, go, walking through it and going in it. It just says you're going to make it. Not only are you going to make it, you're going to come through it. Glory to God. So we add, we add to our virtue with knowledge. We add to our knowledge that unquestioning resolve uh, uh, for God and for the things of God. And to that knowledge, we add self-control, temperance, which is self-control. It's mastering your flesh. Literally, self-control is mastering your flesh. In other words, no matter what your flesh says, you say no. That's tough when the ice cream cones passed out the window. Huh? And God says, don't eat that today. You don't need that. And it's even tougher when they pass you broccoli. Right? Lord, help. Help, help me, Lord. But it's even tougher when you keep your mouth closed when you wanted to say something. And you know, that's a big, biggest, it's a big, that's as big a deal in church as it is in the world. Uh, Brother Copeland said this, is that God told him that we, we have this, for some reason, we just want to correct each other. Well, we need to quit doing that. Say what God tells us to say and how God tells us. Nothing can be received unless it's from the Holy Spirit anyway because then it's from love. Then, then you'll say it right. You can't say things right if God didn't tell you to say them. Saying things to be right doesn't make them God. And being right doesn't make them God. If they could not be received and helped, it wasn't God. There's so many things that we say that could never be said. Amen. You know, Mrs. Moore told me this years ago. 
She said, there's no reason to go try to help people unless God tells you how to help them. You've got to have a word from the Lord to do it. Amen? You know, so you get people all the time say, well, we need counseling, we need counseling. Well, God didn't tell us anything, so we have no counsel. But you've got the word. You can do that by yourself. <laughs> what you... What most people that want counseling on is they want somebody else to tell them what to do so that if it doesn't work, they can blame it on them. <laughs> well, we did what they said, and it didn't work. That don't work. That saying stuff, we said it for years. It don't work. <laughs> Glory to God. <laughs> Y'all still with me? Self-control. I'm being self-controlled right now. Here, here, I, here I go, self-controlling myself. <laughs> and, and remember all these things. You're, you're adding self-control to knowledge, to knowledge, virtue, I'm going to lose one of them, to virtue, faith. And you're adding all these things to your faith because this is precious faith. And this faith needs to work all the time, and it needs to work in a manner that glorifies God. It, it doesn't just work. It works in a manner that always points to God, always honors the things of God. You know, when, when you say my faith, it's not your faith. It's the faith God gave you. You obtained that faith from God. Amen? And so you don't say my faith got me. Your faith, your faith that God gave you can receive on, on a large scale. Amen? But, but, but it, it works through these things. And, and, and as, as we add these things to it, as we add self-control to knowledge and knowledge to virtue and virtue to faith, our faith gets stronger. And, and what we're doing is we're encouraging ourselves. We're, we're encouraging ourselves. We add self-control to it. What, what are you going to have to do to do this? This is going to have to be on your mind all the time. If you're going to be self-controlled, you're going to have to think about it lots, right? Because <laughs> we have opportunity after opportunity. I mean, on the way to church this morning, <laughs> somebody pulled out in front of me. I'm going to preach. And I'm like, they're driving really safe. <laughs> Self-control. <laughs> There'd have been a day where I'd have said, you don't know how to drive. That's not good. And that's the thing. We want to be able to add some of these things. But remember, this is a recipe. If you don't add everything in here, it won't taste right. And it won't work. You can make all the cookies you want without chocolate chips, but you can't call them chocolate chip cookies. Right? And if you call them that, it won't make them that. Why? Because they're lacking chocolate chips. And you can put other stuff in them, and it won't be a chocolate chip cookie anymore. It add these things and these things only. It doesn't say add a bunch of it. It says add these things. And as you add them to your faith, remember, everything we're adding, we're adding to our faith, to, to knowledge, temperance, to, to temperance, patience. Patience, we've studied it before, cheerful, hopeful expectation. It's not, it's not wishing, it's not, it's not just, it's, patience is not pacing. I just hope this happens soon. I can't stand waiting like this. That is not patience. Patience already has it. It's just sitting there waiting on it. You've already ordered, and you're driving up to the window. Right? 
Get ready to get your food. Now, what am I talking about food for? <laughs> I love Jesus and food. No, I don't love food. I love Jesus, and he gives us food. Amen. To, 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 and so you're adding patience through these other channels to your faith. Remember, all these things added together. If, if I had that box, all these things would begin to be stacked on your faith, and your faith would be within all of them. Because all these work by your faith. And the last one you add is love. Well, we, we, forgot, brother, we forgot godliness, didn't we? So you add godliness, which is holiness, reverence for the things of God, and brotherly kindness, which is a connected mercy. You know, kindness is one thing, but brotherly kindness means I'm connected to you, and I'm showing you mercy out of that connection. Brother, you know, your brother is going to be your brother no matter what. You can say he's not my brother anymore, and guess what? He still is. Right? Yeah, they say, I, you know what? When, and it's like Mrs. Moore in our household. You know, I had two brothers and a sister. Didn't matter how mean you were to them. Then you played an hour later. Right? You were mean, and then you said, hey, you want to go out and play? Oh, yeah, let's go. Why? Because brotherly kindness. Right? The brotherly kindness offers forgiveness and, and mercy at all times. It's, it's always there. You don't even have to say sorry. Brotherly kindness doesn't require a sorry. It requires repentance sometimes, but not sorry. Repentance comes from the heart. Sorry comes from the mouth. That's all I'm going to say about that. And to godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, charity or love. And, and, and if you look at that in the Young's Little, it says in brotherly kindness and in brother, and, in, and then the love. The love. Everything is the kindness, the love. It's all the. In other words, you're adding this specific thing into this. And you're adding all them in to your faith. And as you add the, it's not, it's not a love, right? It's like when I said I love food. That's a love, and it's not even real love. Right? <laughs> love I can do nothing for food, and food can do nothing for me. Okay. So it's done some things for me. <laughs> less and less all the time. Glory to God. <laughs> but, but that's not love. The love is the love that God gives, the love that God puts in us. And he says, and basically he doesn't say in this verse, but in other verses he says, above all things, Put, put on love. In Colossians, he says, tie these all together with love, which is the bond of unity. And, and that's what he's saying here. The last thing you put into your faith through all these other things is love because everything I just mentioned works by love. Without love, love's your activator. L love is what enables us to enjoy the things of salvation and to show others the enjoyment of salvation. Love is the activator in our lives. Love is what caused Paul to, to sing in prison. It's what caused him to write the books of the Bible in, in jail. It's what caused Peter to, to be able to sleep. Love is what causes people to do good things every time. It's what caused Jesus to come to this earth, die on a cross, go to the depths of hell, and be raised again. Amen? But it's also what enabled him to walk this earth and heal all, right, and have compassion for all. Love is the activator for everything, for self-control. You're going to need love because if you don't love, you don't have a reason to be self-controlled. 
right? When somebody goes off and starts yelling and throwing a fit, you know that they're nowhere near love because they're not self-controlled, right? They don't care about you because they didn't even ask how it happened. They don't even care what happened. They, don't, they just went off, right? When, when, when we avoid the things of God to get our way, then love never activated the things of God. The things of God must be activated by love. And as we love, temperance means something. Brotherly kindness has value. Our faith now is the precious faith that, that it started out to be. Only now it's added to. What what we do? We, we added to. We made it what? More valuable. Because we added to our precious faith. And now when we go by, because we're walking in these things, we're walking in these things, and we have an opportunity to fall. We don't. Why? Because we're walking. We're increasing and abounding in these things. And it says later in this verse, it says, if you increase and abound in these things, you shall never fall, fail, stumble. So what, why, why does he say that? That's a, there's where you automatically know what the activator is. There's only one thing that never fails, falls, or stumbles, and that's love. So as we activate our Christian lives in love and we drive by the sign that says God loves you, all of a sudden your heart's stirred up. Peter said in the same chapter, he said, he said, as long as I'm in this tabernacle, I'm going to take the time to stir you up and remind you about your salvation. I'm going to remind you about how good God's been to you. I'm going to remind you about the, the precious faith you've gotten. I'm going to remind you, as long as I'm here on this earth, you're going to hear about how good God is because I want you to be re- reminded because I want you to love much. I want you to love much because you've been forgiven much. And I want to remind you that your name's in the Lamb's Book of Life. And I want to remind you that you're on your way to heaven and you're on a really pretty road getting there. Amen? And no matter what it looks like, victory is yours. Glory to God. And we don't have to be sad. We don't have to be upset. We don't have to go through our days wondering why because we have an answer to every question. We're saved. We're born again. We, we don't, their report means nothing. No weapon formed against us is prospering. And everything we do will succeed as we walk out, remind, being reminded and stirred up. That's what he said. I'm going to stir you up by reminding you. We should be, that's, what those, that's what those signs should do. It should stir us up. Right? When we, walk, when we drive by our church, we shouldn't look at the church. We should look at the sign. And exceeding faith and abounding love. Oh, I got exceeding faith and abounding love. Glory to God. We drive by another church and it has another scripture. Don't, don't look at the sign on the door. Look at the scripture on the sign. Yeah, people say, oh, that's that church. You don't know what that church believes, and they, they believe the same thing that you believe in the salvation by the blood. We've got to look for opportunities to remind ourselves of the goodness of God. Glory to God. Stand to your feet. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. It's not by our works.